Hello everyone and welcome to the Artistic Futures podcast. My name is Marie and in this series I will be meeting a range of people who work in opera and are keen to share their passion with the next generation. From singers to conductors, directors to composers, you will get an insight into how a range of artists built on their careers, turning what they enjoyed doing and were good at into a profession. It will also be full of useful tips and advice for those of you who would be tempted to give it a go. So, let's get started. In this episode, I'm excited to speak to multi-talented artist Anna Poole. Anna is an award-winning British theatre director, composer, writer and singer. She has directed new plays, musical and operas for organisations including The Barbican, Sagegate's Head and The English Touring Opera. She's currently working as assistant director on the Opera North and Leeds Playhouse co-production of Sondheim's A Little Night Music. Composing, songwriting and performance play an integral role in Anna's work as theatre maker. Her music has been performed at the Shakespeare's Globe Theatre, the Wigmore Hall and the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. As we were in the middle of our interview, we realized that the building we were in was closing earlier than we thought. So the second half of the podcast is going to sound a little bit different as we move to a local park. I'm really, really excited <laughs> to speak to you because you've got such a variety of things that you do. And so far, all the artists I've spoken to, I've got a very specialized talent which is great mm. that's brilliant they are so good at what they do but it's interesting to also speak to someone who has been trying out different things mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you um, where does your passion for theatre and music come from? My passion for music and theatre and musical theatre and, and, and music theatre story it comes from storytelling yeah. and the opportunity to enter new worlds have new experiences and be excited about the world that what can we t say about the world that we live in through all these like fantastical and brilliant things that we can put on a stage or things that we can only say through singing or music and yeah. that take us to kind of gosh deep places of expression and emotion and feeling that you can't get sometimes without there being yeah. music. And do you, do you remember early experiences of, of going to a theatre or listening to live music and uh, how, how did that impact on you? Mine was actually, do you know what, I just really remember going to see the Royal Shakespeare Company's Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe. Oh yeah, great. And I just remember seeing that lamppost and snow machine on stage and oh, going, amazing. wait, <laughs> I can do this? Yeah. Um, and just being so entranced and so excited by the place that I was going into. Opera was not something I ever expected to happen to me. Yeah. I'm so happy that it did. Mm -hmm. But it, I, my musical journey really started with me, with my dad mm -hmm. and listening to me, <laughs> listening to like rock music with my yeah. dad yeah. and being excited by all the things that we could hear, probably listening to kind of like Beatles albums and yeah. things. Yeah, opera was something I never expected. So, so how, how did you get into it? How did it happen? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. So um, I always thought I was going to be the next Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Steve, 
You could still be. I could still be. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought I was going to do. I was going to mm-hmm. write musicals. And I was very lucky to be able to direct a couple of plays and things at school with my friends. And was writing musicals and thought, this is what I'm going to do. And I got into the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. Uh, with my por- little portfolio of musicals with my songs yeah. and there I turned up on my first day and suddenly um, although I, I liked classical music it was something that had come a bit later for me I hadn't really got into it until I was probably at least 17, 18 yeah. and my A-levels maybe around that time I had mm-hmm. as we often do you know I had a really inspirational teacher who saw that I was interested in different things so anyways I went to Guildhall and opera hit me in the face <laughs> because Guildhall is obviously quite a famous opera school, I suppose. And I remember just being really excited by this art form that could tell stories in the way that other things couldn't because it was so big and so. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if it, you know, your Juventus mm. came from this storytelling angle of prize really, really great. Completely, yeah. completely. It just functions very, very slightly differently mm-hmm. in a way. You know, you're still doing the same thing as what you do with a musical. You're still trying to take... Uh, you, you hit such an emotional point that all you can do is sing in mm-hmm. a musical, you know. That's why you stop speaking and you burst into, into song. Mm-hmm. But with opera, sometimes we're just hitting um, such height of stories such to go going to, to, to such places and such emotional depths that all you can do mm-hmm. is sing the whole thing yeah. <laughs> basically yeah. Um, and um, I remember being there and also getting really interested in new opera new mm-hmm. work yeah. and outdoor work and so for quite a long time I started making kind of combining all of these sort of interests that were exploding in my brain yeah. at that moment and actually created an opera company whilst I was at Guildhall. Oh, brilliant. That was yeah. commissioning and making new yeah, and right. site-specific work and we made headphone work and all, oh, opera exactly. with headphones and opera outdoors and opera in woods and we made opera in a nightclub, I remember, with one of our, <laughs> one of our, big, our big shows. And yeah. yeah, so that's how... That kind of happened for mm. me. So yeah, yeah. We, you've mentioned your study at Guildhall. Mm. But you are a multi-talented artist, yeah. and you work also as a singer, uh, as a composer, as mm-hmm. you said, as a writer, as a director. <laughs> so so, how did you manage to pick up all these different skills, and how are you managing today to keep active in all these areas of work? I think one will always feed the other. Mm-hmm. You know. There is a temptation sometimes, and of course it can be useful to just do one thing, Mm -hmm. but I often find that if I get to compose more, I will be a better director. If I direct more, because of the work that you're doing, you're reading your scores, you're getting into the text, you understand more about how to be a better writer Mm -hmm. and a better composer, Um, or or you at least find what interests you. And I think... That is how I probably manage, because I do, at the, at the moment, I'm directing a show, I'm, at the, I'm an associate director on another show, and I'm composing a big song cycle for another, for another festival. But I think what connects them all together in this is that they, they're all underpinned by something I find really interesting. I'm really interested in the stories of hidden women. Mm-hmm. for example, and the way that, that women get, get depicted on stage. Yeah. And so all I find that all of these things, if I can strive 
towards telling those stories that, that that's what I want to do do you know does that make sense yeah. I as an artist I really like to to uncover those stories and to look at how we can um reclaim retell and look at how women have been depicted for example throughout history or or on or, mm-hmm. or, or in shows or whatever and in, in theatre and so if that's my aim you can move through different sets of projects and different ways of working that fulfill what you want to say mm-hmm. um which is really really nice and it means that you should never feel you could never feel everything's interesting it's yeah. consistently interesting yeah. you don't get stuck in a box but, but is it is it difficult not to get stuck in a box because i think it's like a human tendency mm. to to try to categorize things and and in the industry as well that like people will know you somewhere as a director somewhere else they will know you as a composer and i mean i imagine sometimes hard not to fall into yeah um, it, it is I, i won't lie about that mm-hmm. uh and it's only through now being maybe seven or eight years into my work mm-hmm. that i've really started to realize that that's actually a positive thing i did mm-hmm. spend quite a lot of time separating all yeah. the different strands mm-hmm. and honestly if i could s- t- tell myself seven or eight years ago what i'd loved what i would like sorry what i'd like to tell the, myself of eight yeah, years yeah, ago yeah. would be follow your gut instinct yeah. a bit more because i did spend quite a long time pushing myself as a director particularly into perhaps making some projects that i that were great but wasn't maybe initially what I would have done yeah. straight away That's and of course you're always going to have a bit of that that you're going to have to take a little yeah, bit of that of um when you're starting out and often it's a really it's a you gain great experience through taking some projects that you mm. that you don't want that you don't want to take or that you find aren't the aren't as interesting but once you start to know that start to follow I just just follow that a little bit more mm. Because now I'm linking things up a, a bit more and realizing that actually it's people of um, the industry can actually find it interesting. <laughs> like I said earlier, it's becoming more about what are your values mm-hmm. as an artist. Yeah. If you like doing multifaceted and having yeah. different areas that you work in, just knowing uh, having your kind of ethos and what you like to make. It's just really useful because mm-hmm. that is what links you together. So you don't have to worry. Yeah, otherwise you can go in a yeah, different direction. Exactly, and, and, and that happens too. Yeah, yeah. I, and you lose it, but but that's kind of part of the process, you know. Yeah. You, yeah. Because you do hit a point where you you do you do sort of go. Uh, and the pandemic for me, and I know every, I do not want another global global <laughs> pandemic. I'm just saying, I did have a moment where I was able to sit and go, "Am I?" where am I now yeah. and is this what are, what are my values and mm-hmm. what am I telling through the work I make yeah. and um, is this happening and it was just I was very lucky to be able to catch myself at that mm-hmm. moment so it will happen just like, you know anyone listening to this and going but but ah <laughs> you know it, it will happen you will have yeah. a moment of, 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 of kind of creative recognition unrecognition you know yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's, that happens all the way throughout your work yeah. Oh, you mentioned a little bit of that, but I was wondering what it was like when you first started as an artist, you know, leaving um, music college and getting into the real world. How, how did you manage to um, start earning money from your art? Uh, and what has it been like, like juggling different projects and being freelance? Firstly, if you can start making 
yourself known as early as you can. If you if you're very like if you're lucky enough to know it doesn't always happen straight away. So don't anyone listening to this, please don't put a ton of pressure on yourself. You get your being in your first year and going ah what am I doing? But if you can, um, there is never time to not write to people. And a lot of my work was able to come out because I of connections I'd made in my first and second years of university of just going to uh, if you can go and see lots of stuff. Go and see the work that you think you're interested in. And um, writing to everybody, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's just a case of can I have a cup of tea with you, I'd love to ask you about your work, um, I'd love to know about your journey, and some things came out of that, so I mean I got my mm-hmm. first job working with um, English Touring Opera, because I'd seen some work they'd done, and um, wrote to them, and started a little... I was interested in some of their songwriting programme, for example, that they used to have with the National Gallery, and mm-hmm. ended up just quietly working, doing some shadowing, essentially, with them. Mm-hmm. And that relationship, once I'd started my company at Guildhall and we'd been able to we'd put on a show, that turned into my first ever direct, like professional directing debut with ETO, coming out of Guildhall. Don't ever be afraid to write to somebody. I really want to stress this. Yeah, like yeah. you sit there, you, you sit there going, "Oh, what if they don't?" Yes, they will get a load of emails, and the worst they can say is no. I just want to stress that because I think, mm-hmm. you know, I've developed all my all my best relationships as an artist have developed through writing to people. Often when I was at university, just beginning that relationship. Also, you will take jobs that aren't in the arts for a while. And that's okay. That's all right too. Um, don't ever think that because you need to work in a cafe for a bit that you've failed. I, I really want to stress that because um, there's a lot of pressure immediately to think that, yeah. you know, if you haven't walked the Met or walked the Royal Opera House <laughs> stage by 19, you're a failure. And you're absolutely not. It's using that time is the best time to be able to work out what you want. So yeah, you are currently working um, with Opera North and Lee's Playhouse on the co-production of A Little Line Music by some time. Yay. We wanted to become when you were young, which is great. Um, so what, what has it been like? And can you maybe explain a little bit what, what working as an assistant director on such a production is like? This has been amazing because it's been over a whole year and a half. And the unusual thing is, as well as it being kind of a really big show, <laughs> big musical, yes, um, a big musical, it's been uh, adapting to how can we tell the story but through Covid, because of course when we started this we couldn't touch anyone and so a touch or, or, or stand near anybody on stage and the whole show is, a, is like a love story, <laughs> um, so that was really exciting to like, try and find ways of being able to tell, tell our stories um, and be really creative. And actually, this time round, we're working on a revival of it at the moment, where we are allowed to do a couple of extra things. We can stand near each other. Um, we've probably made a more interesting show. As the assistant or associate on this show, as the director, you it's a really interesting job because you sit in this uh, place between the... You're both kind of in the creative process and you're in the stage management or logistical process. Yeah. That always depends on the director a little bit, but um, I've, I've found myself being quite creative on this production as well, which is lovely um, and exciting. And so you, yes, you work with the director to basically realise what they their, their vision on stage, and then you also have the really interesting kind of side of having to schedule rehearsals, having to run the rehearsal room, 
along with stage management. Um, I rehearse all the understudies, so, uh, which is kind of the thing that goes alongside main rehearsals. So, of course, if any of our cast get sick or for whatever reason. Yeah, I, lo- I do really enjoy um, the, the job because it's, it's, it plays to both yeah. sides. There's of, a lot of, of different aspects to it. Completely, like, yeah, yeah. completely. And you have to be... You have to, to know the show uh, mm-hmm. inside out in, in, many, in, in many ways and kind of have lots of plates yeah. spinning at the same time. And at the same, and it's also one where you really get to connect with all the people in the room yeah. so much because you, you're, there to, you, you, you're there to also keep the process moving forward and you need to be able to understand what people need. And that's, I love that. I love that yeah. kind of connecting with lots of different people in the space. So that's that's a, and this show's been particularly like that because it's a musical and that's new for some of our cast and really exciting for who and they for other casts because it, uh, of the spoken text in it mm-hmm. and dialogue for them so it's been great i really i do love the show <laughs> yeah, brilliant. and you've also directed your shows yourself so mm-hmm. I, I know during lockdown you worked with us on axis and galatea by handle uh, which unfortunately was pos- was postponed but um you've you've explained really well what assisting a director is like but what what's the difference between assisting and being a director and what are, I suppose, each position has a different, different challenges and different reward as well. I would just say that being the assistant or the associate, you come on board a little bit later sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, being an associate, I should just explain, is also something that happens when you might get to know a director very well and you know their work very well. Mm-hmm. And some, so you might go with them on another on a show yeah. and they might basically be able to leave you in the room because you know what they want, if yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that, but, so there's something very... Uh, very creative and also very uh, specific in, in, in that at the, mm-hmm. at the same time. Being a director, you're making the early decisions mm-hmm. that lead your entire company who is working with you to the story that you want to tell. And that can be really challenging because you... It's a big responsibility. It's a huge yeah. responsibility. And you also want... You hope that you can bring the rest of the company with you mm-hmm. on your ideas you know we're telling these these stories opera particularly often has a core repertoire some of these productions come around quite a lot and when you get offered the chance to do a big main show i suppose a famous not main show a famous show um trying to find your own take on it um, can be quite hard and you want to bring everybody on it Mm -hmm. we should always ask why we are putting a show on yeah yeah. um and, and 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 often the answer to that question could help you as a director with the concept of your show. Mm-hmm. Because cause even that can be, even if you're confused about some of the politics within the show or things that yeah. you don't like so much, you can help, you can use that in your question of yeah, why you're putting the show yeah, on as to, what, as to what helps you out. Um, and then, yes, so you, you come on the show quite a lot earlier and you're planning these things for years. Um, with yeah, opera, I imagine there's a long period of like reflection like research as well before um, yes exactly big research period and there's different kinds of research because you have the research that you do right at the start with your designer and your choreographer and all of and your lighting designer that sort of sets the show in motion mm-hmm. and then you have a as a director you do a load of research kind of for and with your cast mm-hmm. to understand the world of the story that you're telling and sometimes with opera, you have an extra layer depending on the style of music that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Because working with Handel is very different to working with Britain, you know, in terms of what you're actually singing about and, and the world that you're in and how you move and the characters that you are. You ask me, what do I prefer? 
I do prefer being the direct a director because I really really love that creative stage. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say there have been assisting and associate jobs I have enjoyed just as much because being part of that team to bring a really interesting concept to the stage has been just as just as fulfilling and just as interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a bit challenging though if you are working mm-hmm. with someone who doesn't have quite the same vision as you do on a, on a piece? Have you ever experienced? Yeah, I have. I have. It happens a lot. Um, not just because it's me. Um, <laughs> but I, it, it will happen. If, you, if yeah. this is something, anyone listening, and this is something that yeah. you, you do, it, it's going to happen. But it's often about asking why that, why, what's the ideas that underpin the piece? And the great thing about the fact it might not be your vision is why working in theatre and the and opera and telling stories is so great because because we can all tell something different and that story will mean a lot to that director or to um, the people making the, the the team making it and when you're an associate it's it or assistant it's your job to to help that happen but I've actually found that when when I've been in situations like that that be, being able to offer your own ideas that are very different are sometimes really it's sometimes really helpful because it allows okay. the, yeah. the team to to think a little more even if their answer is no we're sticking yeah. with all, this is what we want um that can be a very useful um challenge mm-hmm. you know to, to to work through and at the end of the day you're still getting to uh, you're still the joy often then comes from working with large groups of people and ensuring that that vision comes to life. Mm-hmm. So you get you kind of get the the fulfilment or the enjoyment from from a slightly different aspect of the work, which is really great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about other areas of your work. Yeah, so I mentioned earlier about a lot of my work uh, is about often uncovering hidden women's stories and I'm finding actually as a composer that loads of the work I'm doing is doing that mm-hmm. um, so quite recently I worked with Spitalfields Festival to create um, a whole song cycle for uh, me as a singer um, loop pedals and cello that was all okay. done with interviewing different people from the East London Spitalfields community and I also work a lot with um, a sort of contemporary folk group and we uh, create work that is looking at different female experience and then my other another project I'm working on with the musical theatre vein that I work in as a songwriter um, with a a wonderful writer called Joanna Nastari we're creating a piece called Mother Trucker which is all about uh, female truckers um, in the States um, based on the Odyssey. outside in the park <laughs> as uh, we are now starting the second section of the interview um, <laughs> which links a bit more to education uh, you've been also involved in outreach projects mm-hmm. and you've wo- worked with us as well with the I youth have. company on a, an amazing project called standing together 
Why is it important for you to engage with the next generation? I think it's important, A, because singing and music is a total joy and it is useful in all aspects of your life, <laughs> you know? Uh, it's useful to do and make and be together as a community, singing together and, and, and making theatre together. So that's, to me, it is important just because of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and the skills you kind of get from that in life. They are the artists of the future. Being able to inspire, the, inspire and grow when you're working with young people, which you always do, because it's such, it is such a joy, it's such an interesting experience. Being able to do that um, from the get-go is a real privilege. Yeah, something that's really uh, exciting to hopefully have a small part in influencing the kind of future of music and and and, and art and theatre making. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure the answer uh, will be yes. But do you feel that this work you are doing with communities and in, the, in education informs the work that you do as an artist as well? Yeah, it's and I really mean that. And that I, not just because we're saying it for podcast. No, no. Uh, it's essential, actually, utterly essential. The privilege of being able to work with other people's stories, which is so often where the basis of these things come from. It's also something that just as me as a, me as a maker of work, I, I find uh, that those that the stories and the responses that you get from from community projects or projects with the young company, for example, it's where you get some of the most authentic um, responses to things that make it the most that make things the most relevant. If yeah. that makes sense, like it makes it. it, it does we make are, sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, opera particularly gets a rap as being something that is dead is just too a strong word, but yeah, yeah, yeah. not dead, dated, no, no. dated, yeah, dated. Yeah, dated. Yeah. That's a better word. Dated yeah. and and uh, maybe stuck not, in the maybe a yeah, little bit stuck where it's sometimes stuck, in the yeah, past. Yeah. Those projects are the ones where you just see what a vibrant and alive world of, the, of, of music making that we're in. You've already given so many good advices for young people who might be interested in embarking in a career as an artist. Uh, but I'm speaking especially for people who have multiple interests and talents and who are not sure what direction to take. Would you have any advice? Do not think that your creative life is separate from your life do not put them in two boxes because mm -hmm. whatever you do in life you are your creative art making self mm -mm. and you will never stop being that just because that one day you're not you know working in the rehearsal room that day yeah and i think that's really really important because that you are your creative identity and that and that changes And that's really exciting. And the minute you think it can't change or that you are failing or not or not doing that creative thing all day, that's the minute that you that you stop being creative. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there is nothing wrong with not studying music or theatre, etc. at university. Just whilst you're there, do as much of it as you can. Take the opportunities that you can and see what see what's interesting for you. There is a lot of really interesting interdisciplinary work out there. Go and look at museums and galleries. See what's happening. See whether any of those things inspire you as to and, to, and move you in, in a particular in a particular direction or a particular way. And then, as I said earlier, write to, write to lots of people. 
write to people, anyone's work you just find interesting, even if it's not where you think you might be going. Because it's all about collaboration. That's what interdisciplinary work is. That's what making opera is, what making theatre is. And um, it's all about the relationships that you make with people. All of the best work comes out of those things and in really unexpected ways. It will never turn out the way you, <laughs> honestly, the way you think that it was ever going to be, yeah. really. Last couple of questions as what for you is the most amazing thing about the work you do and what is the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge is sometimes we get a little complacent about the world that we're in. Speaking as a, in my, I suppose, opera directing capacity here, when I first came into an opera room, it blew my mind. And it still does, I'd like to put that out, it still yeah. does. But sometimes we just get, we, we like, like all things, we occasionally sort of lose the, um, we just have to keep the wonder and keep the joy and the surprise. Other challenges also are keeping your own sense of identity and sense of self particularly when you do lots of different things because you will there will be a pressure to go into one box and there will and sometimes you'll find yourself doing one thing for a bit more of the time like you know and you'll suddenly sit back and go but I should be doing all these things <laughs> and just remember when that happens if you've got a few more months of doing um if you've got a few months or a few years where you're doing a very particular thing, that will always inform the artist that you are and the artist that you want to become, even if you want to change, change your discipline, whatever you're doing. And, and that's exciting. And you just always must keep, just always keep that curiosity and that excitement. And then I suppose that is what leads into the best thing about the job, which is always finding new ways to connect with people and finding new ways to, I hope, allow people to understand more about themselves, the world around them, or, or not, or just have, a wonder, just have a wonderful transformative experience of which we all need. Sometimes there are times I think we get so worried about needing everything having to have added value, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. extra, extra skills and, and there is the joy in itself of just escaping and going on an adventure and, and doing it with a group of very interesting people. You've been listening to the Artistic Futures podcast with the inspiring Anna Paul. This episode marks the end of our first season. We will be taking a short break over the summer, but hope to see you again in September. Have a nice summer, everyone. <laughs>